You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nikaruk, episode 29. Hello, Teacher Brain. My apologies, I am running a little behind today. Today is my anniversary, and so my daughter was asking all about what that means and what our wedding was like and what everyone was wearing, which led to a dress up session with my wedding gown. And then we got to reminiscing about the day and the guests, the ceremony, the speeches. And that reminded me of a memory trick that I've actually been using a lot recently in creating some uh, brain training videos for my collaboration with Lights On in the UK. And if you haven't yet listened to the episode in which I hosted Julia Black from Lights On, episode eight. You're going to want to go back and listen to that one after this. Um, But have you ever had to give a speech or a presentation? Have you ever tried to memorize that speech? And how did you do it? You likely spent hours repeating, rehearsing, memorizing one line at a time and adding another and another, hours and hours and hours. And afterward, as soon as you presented it and the pressure was off, what happened to all that effort? Gone. Your brain was like, well, done with that forever and released it. All memory of that beautiful speech you spent hours of your life writing and hours and hours rehearsing, gone. And weddings are rot with speeches. Although we put strict time limits on everyone and tried to minimize the number of them as well, but... Anyway, I wish I had known about this memory trick back then. And when I was memorizing my speech years ago in Japan, when I lived there, um, I had entered a Japanese speech contest and I can't tell you the time I spent memorizing that one. Oh boy, this would have been helpful then. And time is your most precious resource because it's finite and you don't want to waste it memorizing things in the most inefficient way rote repetition. So I thought I would teach you this awesome trick today. And it's actually centuries old, but I learned it from my favorite brain hack master, Jim Quick, about a year ago. And like I said, I've been using it a lot lately and it's been totally helping. So I've been creating these videos about how our brains work for families and schools. And then from the content of the videos, uh, I we give kids... Um, challenges, or we call them briefs, like a mission or a provocation for the kids to create something using their talents and interests um, to teach the concepts from the videos to others. And we establish creative constraints. So remember from episode 28 from last week, constraints help spark creativity. So it could be things like using only recycled materials or given a time limit or um, in a certain format. Um, anyway, these would be awesome for the classroom, by the way. So I'm also making PDF uh, teacher guides or facilitator guides, as we're calling them, to accompany the video lessons. And they're pretty darn impressive, if I do say so myself. And they'll be available um, as soon as we're done. <laughs> as soon as I'm done them, they'll be available um, to teachers and schools as well. Anyway, I prefer to work off a script because... <laughs> If you haven't noticed, I tend to go off on tangents and lose my place when I'm winging it. And I'm not as articulate as I am when I've written things out. However, when I was doing these videos, I couldn't read from my script and look into the camera at the same time. It just like, it, it looked choppy. So, and I tried, I downloaded a bunch of apps. I tried online teleprompters, but like just nothing was really cutting it. 
And then I remembered this trick and decided to give it a whirl. So it's called the loci method, or some people say loci, or if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, like, uh, I mean, the series with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock, which is my number one absolute favorite name ever, Benedict Cumberbatch. I also knew a guy in high school with the name uh, Nickaboo Kabuti and thought he had the coolest name. And then I had a student named Anna Jana Anna. That's so fun to say. See, tangent. Anyway, Sherlock refers to this uh, loci method as the mind palace. Loci is the plural of locus, which means location. So the history behind the loci or loci method or memory palace um, started in 20, was 2,500 years ago in ancient Greece, where an orator named Oh, Simonides or Simonides was given a speech. He was giving a speech inside a stone banquet hall and he was asked to step out to chat with someone. So just after he stepped outside to chat with that person, the giant stone building collapsed and everyone inside perished and their remains were unrecognizable. But Simonides realized that he was able to identify the remains because he remembered where each person was sitting. So he could associate each person with a location. And so this loci loci method was born. Now in episode 11, we tried a version of this out by connecting a location on our bodies with a healthy brain food. So we made the association. We added a bit of silly, silly or exaggerated visualization. So do you remember your top 10 brain foods? Avocado, blueberries, broccoli, ring a bell. How are you doing? Can you still name them all? So that was a kind of quick and dirty version of the loci method and um, implemented the basic premise. And it's great, especially for remembering short bits of info like grocery lists, to-do tasks, um, things to pack for a trip, etc. And today I'm gonna teach you how to um, expand it a bit more to be able to memorize larger bits of information or longer pieces of text, like speeches or interview responses or introductions, uh, formal thank yous, presentations, and those kinds of things. So if you recall from episode 11 and 10, where we where we learned the first 10 elements of the periodic table through linking and chaining, loci works much in the same way because it combines a location with a visualization. So it activates your spatial and visual centers. And as humans, um, our memories are wired to be associative. That means that we store information based on what it is associated with. It's called elaborative encoding. And it's how our short-term memories become long-term by connecting a new memory with a pre-existing one. So every memory has another memory attached with it. And the stronger the attachment, the more easily that memory can be recalled. It's like, let's say you're invited to a party at your friend's house. And when you walk into the party, you take off your jacket and you lay it over the back of a chair. You spend time at the party, you chat with other guests, you have a great time. And then three or four hours later, you go back to where you go back to where to retrieve your jacket the chair. Why? 
because that chair held your jacket in your brain. You made the association. So the first thing you want to do is pick a place or a series of places that you're very familiar with, like rooms in your house, bus stops on your route to work, um, highway exits along your daily commute, buildings or landmarks on your walk home from school, um, objects in a familiar space like your home, your classroom, your office, or even route maps within your favorite video game, if they're super familiar to you, and number them. Now, you want, it, you want the locations to be so familiar that you're not using brain power to think about them. So this is why we want to use things that are permanent and easily accessible to your mind without effort. So this step is important. Choose locations and or items within them that will represent permanent items in your memory. Actually, let's try this together. So assuming your house is a very familiar place to you, if it is safe to do so, close your eyes. Take a breath and visualize your house. And we're going to assume that we're working with something like a speech here that we're going to break into 10 parts. So choose one room in your house and see it in your brain. And within that room, find five large permanent objects in your mind and give each one a number. It may help to scan the room from like left to right just to keep... Um, keep us in a smooth flow as we move through. So choose prominent, permanent objects and avoid choosing two of the same object. Like don't choose dining room chairs, one, two, three, and four. Instead, use the set of chairs as one item. Also, you want things that are easy to notice and identify. So large objects are best versus things like plants and figurines and small picture frames and stuff. So if you're imagining your kitchen, for example, maybe the microwave is number one, the sink is number two, number three is the window, the fridge is number four, and the last thing might be the kitchen table. But whatever items you choose, picture them now and give each one a number. That's your route. And you're going to follow that same route every time you use that space of your mind palace. And this helps to lock down your long-term grip holds for your new memories to hook onto. Now, I said we're going to uh, look at a speech with 10 points, and we've only established five locations thus far. So you're going to move to uh, into another room in your house, one that makes sense as a flow, uh, as you flow through the route that you just laid out. So what's the next room, for example? And do the same thing there. Choose five large permanent items and number them six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So if it's your living room, maybe six is the couch, seven is the clock on the fireplace, eight is the corner lamp, nine is the TV, and 10 is the coffee table. So run through those 10 items in your mind over and over, um, and then you can quiz yourself to make sure you have them. So just ask yourself, what's number eight? Or what's the third item in room number two? And if you can answer that quickly without having to walk through the rest of the items, then your brain is primed and ready. So now with your speech, you're going to identify the 10 major points or break it into 10 sections. Um, and if you have fewer, then use fewer items, but you, let's go with 10 for this example. Um, 
So I just went through a, a new and slightly terrifying experience in which I had to submit a video response to an interview question. And again, I wanted to ensure that I was looking right into the camera when recording because I only had one shot and a three minute time limit and I wanted to sound natural. So I used this technique and I still remember my response days later. So it's fun to try to pull it back to mind later um, now that when you know these tricks. Okay, so you have your 10 locations. Your speech is broken down into 10 major points. Now we're gonna add that information to the locations by associating each piece of the speech with the objects in the room. So remember that your brain works better with pictures plus words, so we're association. So you wanna convert each part of your speech or you can pull a keyword or phrase from it. Um, and you want to exaggerate that, make it absurd or a silly image. Uh, you want to include sensory details, bright colors, smells, sounds, and or movements. Then you just kind of proceed along your mind palace route, connecting these silly images to the, the lo loci or loci in your palace. Okay, so um, that may have sounded... <laughs> a bit like a long process for an allegedly simple technique, but I assure you it takes very little time to implement. So let's try it out together. I'm gonna walk you through 10 new pieces of information, 10 brain healthy habits, and I want you to use your loci method, your mind palace, to remember these 10 things. Okay, so the first thing you wanna do to maintain, a, to maintain good brain health is adopt a brain healthy diet. So take your first location, so for me it was my microwave in the kitchen, and imagine all of those brain healthy foods that we learned in episode 11 in that location. So I might picture my microwave overflowing with avocado, blueberries, broccoli, coconut oil, eggs, green leafy vegetables, um, salmon. Ew, I can smell that salmon in the microwave, gross but I know it's good for me. Um, walnuts, dark chocolate, and water. So the microwave is jam-packed and turmeric. The microwave is jam-packed and stinky. Like what a weird combination of food to put in there. And it beeps because it's overstuffed and the door blows off and all this food comes pouring out. So that's what I'm imagining. Okay, so you can see how effective that is in your brain to exaggerate, use color, use smell, use senses. And now I'll remember, like, how could you forget that? So my brain healthy food is my number one thing and I've shoved it all in the microwave, which is my number one location. So exaggerate it, make it silly, add sensory details to help your brain remember. So take those brain foods and put them in your location and exaggerate it and make it silly and sensory. The second brain healthy habit is squashing ants, automatic negative thoughts from episode three. My location two is the sink. So now I walk past the microwave with the door blown off, step over the food on the floor and look in the sink because I hear some sort of noise. And there I see a huge stream of ants with trumpets filing out of the sink and heading toward the food on the floor. And they're ecstatic about the feast upon which they are about to descend. And so they're cheering and blowing their horns and saying, don't worry, ma'am, we'll take care of the mess. So off these ants go. So ants, stomping ants are in, uh, are the second healthy habit that we need. Number three, 
is exercise. And my location is the window. And I think about scrubbing the window and how sore my arms and shoulders are when I'm when I do that and how I have to basically become a contortionist to even reach the window. And so I count that as my workout for the day. Exercise done. Put exercise in your third location. Number four is nutrients. And I'm talking about the stuff you don't get from your diet. So you can get from supplements. So put brain supplements like DHA, vitamin A and D, magnesium, etc., in your location four. So I might imagine giant pill bottles with the labels of the supplements on them in big colorful letters. And they are sitting around the kitchen table in alphabetical order, um, one on each chair. <laughs> um a clean environment is the fifth key to a healthy brain. So put that in your fifth location. Mine was the fridge and oh my goodness, I love a clean fridge, which is a rare thing in my house, but my it's my imagination. So I get to do whatever I want. So my fridge is going to open its doors and say in a deep voice, like the one from the basement coal furnace in Home Alone, I want to be clean, clean me. So that's how I'm going to remember uh, a clean environment. Now we're moving into room two, the first location in there, the sixth, um, the sixth location overall. For me, it's the couch. And on my couch are five people who make up my positive peer group because you are a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. So you wanna surround yourself with positive people who support you. And so put those people in your location. So in mine, they're all on my couch with me in face masks, in fact. And my couch is 12 feet long so we can distance ourselves appropriately during this time of COVID. And everyone is smiling under their masks because they are positive and they're saying positive things to me. All right, seven is sleep. So take your location and do what you will with sleep. I'm gonna cut the last few ones off a little shorter to give you the freedom to explore with your own imagination. My seventh location is the clock on the fireplace, which indicates bedtime. And I imagine that gentle tick-tocking carrying me off to dreamland. Number eight is brain protection, like wearing a helmet. So I put that, so put the helmet in your eighth location or put brain protection of some sort in your eighth location. If you're a Friends fan, you might remember when Joey wraps his head with bubble wrap and Ch Chandler is hitting him with the baseball bat or Ross. Um, my, my eighth location is the corner lamp, so I might turn the lamp shade into a helmet or Joey's head with the bubble wrap all around it. Um, but you do what you will. So put, put uh, brain protection in location eight. The ninth key to optimal brain health is new learnings. Our brains love novelty and new things. So put it in your location nine. Mine's the TV. So it might be watching documentaries, for example. Remember to exaggerate, use senses, make it silly. Key uh, new learnings in location nine. And the last one, location 10, you're gonna put stress management. If you want your brain to be healthy, you need to manage your stress, stress effectively. 
effectively. So I might imagine myself doing yoga or meditating on my coffee table. What do you imagine in your 10th location? So there it is. It's a bit of work at the beginning to set up, but ease and speed will come with time. And there's something, if there's something new you have to memorize, you can choose a new palace, a new loci, location, loci, um, that you're, so because you're probably very familiar with many different places in your life, like home, work, school, grandma's house, whatever. And in the case of my interview question last week, after giving up on the teleprompter and rote memorization, when I finally remembered to implement this, I was sitting in my office. And so I chose 10 objects there so I could um, easily literally have them in my eyeline as I recorded. So I scanned from the door to the map on the wall, to Zoe's art corner, to the ceiling pom-poms, to the window, to the hanging plant, the letterboard, a particular book, my laptop, etc. And although it did technically break or bend some of the rules of this technique, it worked for a sort of like on the spot quick fix. Like if you're given the task of thanking a speaker at the last minute, you could do the same thing by just finding some objects around the room that you're in to cue your brain to what you wanted to say, like the different points you wanted to touch on. So that's it. Um, that's the loci technique. It's very handy. It works like a charm. And, uh, it's just another thing that you can use. We've done a couple like chaining, linking, imagination, all those things. So you can, you, it's just another thing to add to your toolbox. And imagine teaching this to your students to help them memorize things like facts, figures, categories of information, sequences, speeches, presentations. There's all kinds of stuff that it's great for. So as always, I'll leave you with uh, our big three questions. How can you use this? Why must you use this? And when will you use this? Thank you for joining me again today. I always appreciate your listenership, your supportive comments and messages. And I'd love if you could leave me a review of the podcast. Tell me what you're enjoying and what you'd like to learn more about, um, how this is helping. I love it all. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickerak. Until next week, be kind, be safe, and share your learning with someone you love. Bye for now.